Hey guys, it's episode 30 of the Getting to This Podcast. It's me, Tinnies, and I am back this week with an actual episode, like a full-length episode, not a snippet. Y'all remember those um, on the cassette tapes when it'd be snippets? They were like $5. You got to hear little samples of the song. Okay, yeah, I'm officially old. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, before I get into my real topic today... I want to talk to you guys about Thanksgiving and the Thanksgiving prep and how my Thanksgivings have gone and how I'm trying to actively stop the direction of my Thanksgiving. So um, I'm going to go on a whim here and believe that none of my family is actually listening to any of these podcasts, any of my father's family. Okay, so now that, and if you are part of my father's family, turn this off before I say what I'm going to say. My father's family, guys, is from Frederick, Maryland. And um, basically, they can't cook. And it's bad. It's, It's really bad. So when I was a kid, my mother made a full Thanksgiving dinner at home. Like, a full Thanksgiving dinner. She made macaroni and cheese in this... Um, I'm I was born in Japan and so my parents bought this beautiful like um it's not china but it's like some type of dish that you bake in almost like a dutch oven type of thing but it's from Japan and it is gorgeous and my mom used to always make the macaroni and cheese in that for Thanksgiving for Christmas exclusively in this she made um dressing which I got in a little of a tiff with on Facebook trying to explain to northern motherfuckers that dressing and stuffing are not the same fucking thing. They are not. And people was like head spinning. Dressing is not the same as stuffing. And if you are still eating stuffing, you should fucking stop. So anyway, um, so my mother used to make a full spread of Thanksgiving meal at home. And then we would get dressed and shuffle on over to my grandmother's house. Right. And I was a kid, so I would kind of like pick and choose what I ate and then would play with my cousins and be completely oblivious to what I was eating and the fact that it was in reality horrible. Like I, I, didn't, I didn't even notice. Um, and then as I got older and, you know, your your taste buds develop and your the damn um, food network is a thing by then, by the time I might have been in like the 10th grade and... My dad had discovered olive oil right around that time. So he was really developing all of his little um, recipes. He acted like olive oil was like the newest thing on earth, even though it had been around for a million years. It was it was crazy. So um, I really came to realize probably about 15 years ago that I wasn't eating what I was supposed to be eating on Thanksgiving. Okay, so my grandmother I love her. She, She's no longer with us, and she was the sweetest woman ever. I know everybody says that about their grandma, but for real. And she would make a ham, but it was, like, watery. Like, you know, like, I like my ham to be, like, a little jerky where it's, like, straight meat and not, like, a lot of water mixed in with I don't even know what kind of ham that is. I don't know if this is GMO ham. I don't know where you get a ham from that has – it ain't straight – meat meat you know what I'm saying it ain't like a jerky it ain't like it's like the it's almost like the deli meat ham version instead of like Christmas ham version 
I, it, it was wrong, but I didn't know it. And then I would just be like, eh. And I would always think I was just grabbing the wrong piece. So then, you know, she would carve it and I would like be taking the little tongs and trying to look based off of the grain of the ham, trying to determine if this, you know, the, the ham was darker, the darker the ham meat, the more I knew, okay, this is more liable to be ham. This wasn't like the watery ham. So I'm picking around on that. I'm like, okay. Then you have to go to the stove and get the stuff in. That was the first sign that I knew something was fucked up because my mom's stove, I mean, my mom's stuffing didn't come off of a stove. It was in a pan that she had baked in the oven because it was really dressing. It wasn't stuffing. Stuffing is this fluffy shit that you make on the stove that in in, in historical uh, ways was developed from inside of the bird. That's why it's called stuffing. People stuffed it in a bird. Like if you ever, you know, you see those little pilgrim videos, literally that shit in the turkey is the stuffing. No, it's not what people in Mississippi are doing. Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, all of that region is dressing, okay? And my grandmother mailed fedex my mother some like the the roux the base to the the dressing one year and it was a thing my mom was like did the fedex come and I, and all this while like i'm a, I'm oblivious to all of this stuff right like i'm thinking my mom is just is just wanting to overeat when we get home i had no idea what my mom was doing but my mother was hip okay my mother knew that her in-laws could not cook long before i did so I'm over at my grandmother's house doing all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm done eating. Because I don't want nothing else. No, the desserts wasn't eligible. I mean, it wasn't sweet potato pie. It was pumpkin pie. My mom has forever gone on record saying she doesn't eat fucking pumpkin pie. She eats sweet potato pie. My mother's from Mississippi. My father's family's from Frederick. And so there's a lot of discrepancies on what the hell gets eaten on these holidays. And it, she, my mother does not eat pumpkin pie. And... As a hereditary thing, I do not fuck with pumpkin. Like, I'm not eating pumpkin uh, lattes, drinking pumpkin lattes. I'm not eating pumpkin-flavored ice cream. I don't want a pumpkin pie. I don't want a pumpkin topping. I don't want a pumpkin on anything. I don't want pumpkin nowhere. I'm not with it. Like, can we not find any other fruit, vegetable, any other fall staple that can go on the table other than a pumpkin? It is not the only thing. Can a fig show up? So, guys, my father's family is, I mean, literally, the potatoes are boxed, sauerkraut. I fuck with sauerkraut, but this isn't right. The sauerkraut's not right. And so, it's just, it's, it's gotten, it's gotten to, <laughs> it's gotten to, it's gotten to a place. So, this year, I've had enough. I have had enough. Every year, I've had enough. Last year, me and Reagan went there. Normally, I go and eat, uh, I go to Wawa, which I've talked to you guys about before. If you're just now tuning in for the first time ever and don't know anything about what Wawa is, it is a gas station, guys. It is a gas station. So I'm not talking about I go to some glorious place to pick up a meal. No, I go to a gas station and get an Italian sub and I eat that for Thanksgiving. It is a sad truth, but it is real. And in prior years, I have went on some type of diet right before Thanksgiving so I could psychologically convince myself that I shouldn't be eating that shit anyway. Reality is I'm just not into it, okay? Because my family cannot cook so i'm not eating anything so this year i've i've had it i'm fed the hell up i know i want to go up there i haven't been home in like six months my parents are starting to you know worry me about stuff so i'm like look i'm coming but here's the thing i'm not eating that shit and so i send a text message to my family we have a family chat and i'm like hey and this is my intermediate family um and i'm like hey can we just 
can we just eat like Italian? Maybe we could just go to Maggiano's. Maybe we could just go somewhere low key, eat some pasta and be very easy about it. We don't have no cleanup. We don't have to do nothing. So my sister writes back and she's like, uh, no, because mom's hosting it. So like people are coming like, no, the, the restaurants is not an option. I'm like, okay, shit, here we go. So I asked my mom, Hey, why don't you just cook? She's not with it. She's talking about, well, no, that's not, that's not what's going down. What, what I'll do is we'll eat their food on Thursday and then I'll cook for Friday, like a smaller portion. So y'all. Have you gotten your th- your Christmas gifts on, like, the day after Christmas? It doesn't really feel the same, right? Like, why am I eating Thanksgiving meal on Black Friday? It's over. I don't, even, I don't even need it at that point. I'm like, no, this is not a toss-up. This is not the exchange. I'm contemplating not even coming now because this is not it. So then my sister comes over this past weekend, and we're like, look, let's concoct a plan, okay? Let's just go ahead and overthrow the menu. So I... I, listen, I need y'all to know that while I do not cook, don't mean that I can't, okay? I choose this lifestyle. This lifestyle chose me. My lifestyle is a quick and easy cooking situation. No, I'm not making Sunday dinner. I'm probably not making Monday dinner, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday dinner. But in emergency situations, your girl can cook. So listen, I have said to my sister, let's write this down. I'm going to make collard greens. I'm going to make a peach cobbler and maybe one other thing. And then you pick three things. The six things together, we should have, you know, a good enough option. We might not have a full array of anything and neither one of us are need to eat meat. I don't need to I don't need to eat turkey ever. Turkey is whack to me and I don't need any ham. So I was like, okay, we don't even need to eat meat. So we can we can we can really just carb this up, vegetable this up. We would be solid. So we come up with the list. She says she's making mashed potatoes. She's doing the, the, the macaroni and cheese and one other thing. So we got a good, we got a good six, seven things to include a dessert. We're, we're set. So we proposition this to our parents. My mom comes back and says, uh, yeah, the menu has been set. I'm like, menu? Now, guys, this is also a family who there is no 4 p.m eating time 2 p.m like they literally fucking show up whenever they fucking show up my aunt for the longest time has been given the hors d'oeuvres like she is the deviled eggs queen do you know when my aunt shows up with the deviled eggs after we have eaten entrees okay so the menu is already out of whack it has never been in order like i said these aren't real this isn't real food anyway. So like the menu, this does what is she talking about? A menu has been set. We're overthrowing the menu. So um, my mom said she was going to tell my aunt to skip some of the stuff that she normally makes. I eat on site. My mom, my aunt actually makes this stuff on site, which means it clearly requires no preparation because she's making it on site like on site like we should be saying grace or something in 10 minutes and she's whipping up the potatoes which i'm telling you that means it didn't take long okay read in between the lines here so me and my sister regardless of what my mom says we're overthrowing it even if it's what we're going to eat we're going to eat that so um man thanksgiving has been rough for me in the past um i have even gone to other people's homes for thanksgiving i've shown up to my friends homes my friends families homes like it's been rough and you know i've always tried to 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 make up a storyline but the reality is my father's family cannot cook 
Like that's that's the reality. And it's been a secret squirrel conversation in my immediate home, but it's out it's out now. Um so that that's what's that's what's going down. I hope you guys have um traveling mercies wherever you guys are going for Thanksgiving and um I hope that your families are really good cooks or they have come to terms with the fact that they are not really good cooks and that you guys are ordering out you're having seafood you're having italian somebody is catering something of the sort because this is the wrong holiday for people to be um experimenting for people to be a little lazy for people to just not know what the hell they are doing so yeah that's been it um my week in a nutshell was kind of dramatic just a lot of emotion which is a good segue into what this week's real topic is all about is from self-care to selfishness and knowing when you are riding that really fine line and can go either way on the spectrum. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, let me segue into the real episode topic. dun da da Listen up. Some of y'all are really out here being assholes and calling it self-care. I sounded like Ricky Thompson with that. Listen up. Guys, before I get deep into this, Ricky Thompson might be all the self-care that your ass needs. So take your little butt right on over to Instagram and at Ricky Thompson and find that very post that I'm talking about when he's... This is so hilarious. It's a quick little video um, telling you how to find your way out of a person's life who is not treating you with respect and treating you like you are low budget. And you need to know that you are luxurious, that you are rich, bitch. And you need to find your way up out of anybody's life who is treating you less than giving you less than the energy that you deserve. So go find that at Ricky Thompson. So this episode is totally about um, turning yourself from the self-care space to uh, being quite selfish. So the way I got this concept was I was, on the, I was on the phone with my girlfriend, Amy, who you all electronically met a couple episodes ago. And, um, you know, she shared with you her dating um, portfolio at the current, if you will, and you guys all know mine. And so, um, you know, when we talk on the phone, unless we have something very specific to share, our conversation goes from what are you doing? What's going on? You know, um, work stuff, real life stuff, our kids. And then, of course, it rolls right into dating. We're single girls. Um, and so, you know, it naturally goes there. So um, <clears throat> we got into this conversation about how people and this was this phrase from self-care to selfish was totally hers so i have to i have to give her credit for that um but we got into this idea of how people and i want to be very specific first um men have this very selfish way of um of dating and it really just got me thinking about how widespread this problem is with both genders and I think that we're getting in a very damaging space um, right now. And it's, it's, it's quite scary because I see this happening so much. 
And I even see it happening with people in my space, in my circle, in my life that I don't feel like would traditionally do this without the help of social media. Before I get onto that, let me segue in using some other thoughts here. So um, once upon a time, maybe like five years ago, I had a website, Tanise.com, and I just kind of stumbled into it. I was designing the shirts back then, and um, I wanted a website that was, well, I had a website, I was writing, I was blogging, and then I had shirts that became like the tangible portion of my brand at the time. And the website was just all things Tanisa, things that I was into, a lot of like lifestyle stuff. But of course, I was still dating at that time. So I had just one night on a very raw emotion written an article um, that was really just my thoughts of what I was going through at the time. I probably had just turned 30, I think. And the article was how to be a better friend over 30. Very simple, right? And I don't remember all the details of the of the article. The website is now like defunct. I've closed the web page and all that stuff. And I sadly didn't even save this thing. It's crazy. But um, the article was viral. I got over like twenty five thousand shares on it really quickly, and it was a it was a hit. Um, but one of the things that I do remember that I wrote in this article is that like everybody has shit going on. And so when you when you come to a relationship, when you come to a friendship, when you come to any type of partnership with this whole, oh, I'm sorry, I suck. I can't be a better friend to you because I have kids, because I have a job, because I have, you know, all these things that fucking adults have. Like, that's ground zero. Like We have all of these things. Most of your friends have children. Most of your friends have a job. Most of your friends have like a something. Most of your friends have family. Most, you know, most of your friends have something that is a pool other than themselves that, that require a bulk of their attention every single day. So to, to bring this to the table in conversation as to why you are not being a good partner, whatever partner that is, whether it's romantic or whatever, I'm going to use that term quite freely throughout this podcast. So I don't want you to think that I'm just talking about romantic partners. I mean, friendships, partnerships at work, wherever, right? To bring those things to the space and say, well, this is why I can't. No, no, because that's why we all can't, you know? But the difference in making time and being a selfless friend, lover, parent, whatever is the differentiation between how you act when you know you have shit on your plate towards the other people that still require your attention. So there was an article, not an article, there was a meme that I saw get shared on Instagram. And I took a a little screenshot of it. So it says this, I'm kind of an absent friend and that's in bold. And says, I will love you with my whole heart and go out of my way to give you any help you need. But I tend to live in my own world and I suck at keeping communication. And I'm really sorry to anyone who takes that personally. And let me tell you how fucking passive aggressive that is. It's fucking passive aggressive. No, you fucking suck. Like, 
And I know it said that that made that little claim in there, but it was trying to say that that whole thing is passive aggressive. It's basically trying to say, I want a free pass from being able to be 100% on when I need my ego filled with being 100% on. And then when I no longer need my ego filled with 100% on, I want the excuse to be able to say, oh, but I told you that I was a horrible communicator. Oh, but I told you I was this. Oh, but I told you I was that. Or I shut myself off because work got really heavy. Or I shut myself off because my kids are in soccer and they're in basketball and they're in this and they're in that and I needed this and I needed that and oh my gosh. And, I, and, and it's giving people the out. Now, listen, I want to say as a caveat, everybody is exempt from emergencies and things that, you know, you have going on. One of my close girlfriends had a baby this past weekend. If I had something planned, I wouldn't have been like, well, you didn't show up. Listen, these there are there were always exceptions and outliers to everything. OK, we're not talking about that. We're talking about normal, everyday functioning life and why people feel like their self-care means that they have to shut everyone out because it's a fine fucking line. And my friend, my dear friend, Carl Lagerfeld. His once, you know, very famous statement is there trendy is the last stage before tacky and that's what the fuck is happening here you you ride this self-care line so thin until you turn selfish and i just you know guys we're here i see it so much one of the big problems that i'm seeing and what's creating this is social media and i I think it's crazy how social media is really to blame for everything that's gone bad. Like, we, we just see so much. We know so much more. Um, I, mean, I shouldn't say we know so much. We're aware of so many more things that we wouldn't have been aware of before uh, social media became a very constant in all of our lives. And so this, this, this term, even self-care, um, got really big on social media, like, I don't remember hearing self-care, self-care, self-care as a teen. I don't remember hearing it from my mom, from my aunts. And my mom and my aunts were really wildly into um, this type of stuff and everything that self-care kind of really truly is. But the term itself never really came across my ears. So I didn't look at it as that. I just thought it was, I don't know, whatever, right? Um, so social media is given this term a life of its own, but with the term, it's also given the definition. And I think that's the scary part, right? So you can be on Facebook, you can be on Twitter, you can be on Instagram and see so many different posts about what it is to hashtag self-care. And while I think that a lot of them are completely valid, I think we've gone way deeper with the whole mental health thing that I touched on briefly last week. And we've kind of commingled the two of them and created this really dangerous territory. So um, at one point when self-care first kind of really hit the waves, it was take a day off, take take time for yourself, go to the spa, you know, um, go on a on a solo vacation. There were groups that were were convincing people to travel and 
do all types of things by themselves and not wait on their friends and, um, you know, treat yourself, buy the pair of shoes that you want to get yourself a facial, like get all these really girly things. And then along came the, um, the mental health advocates who were like, wait, 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 you know, self-care is not washing your face. Self-care is not a bubble bath. Like self-care is going to therapy. Self-care is, um, shutting people, toxic people out of your life. Self-care is all these other, while aggressive things and while important, you know, they were, they were telling people that they were other things. And I want to go on record for saying that I think that, yeah, sometimes self-care is blocking people. I have a fucking block list. Motherfuckers are blocked off of my line. Like I, I, I block people. So I, it's self-care. It is. So is washing your face. The tricky part is, is not knowing which avenue to pick. And I think on a very subliminal level, we as a culture are kind of veering towards the latter and blocking people more than we should be without having the communication before needing to block them. Or we are failing to show up to commitments that we committed ourselves to in the name of, oops, I forgot, hashtag self-care. Or um, just failing our friends in a space where we probably wouldn't have failed them before this even became so prevalent. Um, and I think social media is 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 really damaging with all of these memes and the Instagram accounts that start getting a little like uh, emo in this whole approach. And I see things that are telling people to stop talking and stop talking to people. It's okay, sis. It's okay, bruh. It's okay. You know, stop talking to these people. If they, if they challenge you too much, stop talking to them. If, you know, they require too much of your attention, block them. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this your friend? Are you like actually blocking your friend who, you know, shows up to all your birthday parties, comes to all your kids shit, doesn't even have kids on their own, but they're still paying for gifts and coming to all of your stuff. But they ask you to come to their stuff and you're somehow too stressed and drained. So now you feel like you have to block them because they want too much from you. Like I see this and I'm, 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 I'm saying it's, it's, it's very dangerous, this territory that we're getting into and really creating this, idea amongst all of us that it is okay to literally be an asshole to have people call your phone and you only text back because hashtag self-care I can't really talk on the phone like you don't even know what the fuck the other person wanted on the other side of the line but you are so self-absorbed that you don't even pick up because you don't want to answer oh I can't talk uh I can't talk like I you know are are these your friends are these people who you value? Like people who don't, who you don't value and aren't close to you probably aren't calling you at 10 p.m. at night. Like they, this isn't probably a coworker or, you know, a, a very general acquaintance. It's probably someone who really needs to hear your voice, who might be going through something on the other side. And here you are trying so desperately to protect you that you forget that relationships um, are, are, two ways and they they go in in both directions and if you if you're constantly receiving you have to give back and you can't just hashtag self-care and say well I'm not coming to your shit 
because I don't want to. I've done plenty of things that I didn't want to do because these are people who matter to me. I have made this new thing where I realized in my heart of hearts, I do not like driving outside of the Beltway. If you're from Washington, D.C., you're familiar with the layout of the land over here. Washington, D.C. is smack dab in the middle of a circle. The circle surrounding it is a highway. It's called the Beltway. And um, it's a fairly large circle that stretches through Maryland, some southern, some parts of Maryland and some parts of Virginia. It circles Washington, D.C. And um, most of the places that I frequent are along the Beltway. I work on the Beltway. I live on the Beltway. Um the things that I like to do socially are either on the along the Beltway, a city along the Beltway, or into the city, Washington, D.C. When I have to go outside of the Beltway, I literally get anxiety. Like, I hate it. I got my hair braided a couple weeks ago. My girlfriend braided my hair. She lives, like, fucking 40 minutes outside of the Beltway. I was literally, like, my heart was racing. I don't like having to follow a GPS that intently. I don't know if a deer is going to come run out of the show. I mean, literally, I'm in God's country. There's bald eagles flying around, deer run. Like, you have to be cautious. I'm not really interested in doing that. I seldom go to visit my own parents, and they live... Um, about 45 minutes north of me, which is about 30 minutes off of the Beltway at that at that location. Um, and so I don't go and visit them. And I had to realize that it wasn't because I didn't want to see my parents. It wasn't because um, I didn't necessarily want to be in my hometown. It was really because I don't like driving outside of the Beltway. Like I've gotten this thing where I just, I don't want to. But every now and then I have to realize that I have to because the relationship that is on the other side of what I makes me uncomfortable in that moment, what I really don't want to do is far more important than my temporary discomfort. And so I had to put on my big girl panties and shut the fuck up and drive. And there are people that have events that are going to be outside of the beltway. And there's people that my presence is requested and want to see me. And I would be really you know sad if I let my selfishness get me to a point where I stopped being invited to things and people no longer requested me and people no longer missed me and people no longer cared if I showed up or not and so maybe I don't go to everything and you know maybe I start to really um pick and choose what I go to and but I have to go to some because the people the people are so much more valuable to me than my I don't want to come in this moment. And it normally resides. I normally will like curse my entire drive, 45 minutes of two lane roads, paying attention, sitting up, being alert, looking for deer. I'll probably just be, oh, I will hate this drive. Hate it. Hate it. I will curse people for even moving where they move, for needing to live out there. I can't understand why people want to do this, do that, whatever. And then when I get there, my heart is so calm. And I am so glad that the drive was over because I'm where I need to be in the end. And so I think that we have to really evaluate what's more important. Is it the night of silence that turns into a month of silence and turns into six months of silence and not talking to your friends? Or is it the friendship? And again, I want to stress this like periodically throughout this episode. I'm not talking about outlying situations. If you just had a parent pass or you just had, you know, a loss of a job or, you know, something that you consider to be quite tragic, 
I think most people would completely understand um, that you're that you have something going on. And I think those people would also want to come to you. That's also an option, right? Um, but I'm just saying that on normal day-to-day relationships and and friendships and things that we want to morph into relationships, let's be more mindful about where we are on the on the spectrum of self-care to um to selfishness and i with that it's just like you know there's this this selfish thought process that that says that what you have going on is more important than what the other person has going on and we've got to get out of that and and recognize that yes your job is 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 stressing you out and maybe you're up for a promotion or maybe you like I said just got fired or maybe your kid is um you know doing really well in an activity and all of your attention has to go to them or maybe you just got in a new relationship and you're trying to give um, a fair shot at your relationship by being attentive to your new partner or whatever. I, I, I totally get that. But does that mean that what your friend is going through or your, your child are going through or what your spouse is even going through or your parent is going through, whoever the other person is that this conversation may be triggering you to think about, does it mean that they don't also have something going on that the two of you together could be sharing experiences on and i.e that's a relationship that's your friendship that's what you've manifested like that's the whole point like right when 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 you're friends with someone don't you want to share your life with them the goods the bad the indifference the days when nothing's going on the days when so much shit is going on the days when like amazing things are happening sad things are happening like that's really what the friendship is for and you know, I've been on as an extrovert. Let me say that as an extrovert, I get probably 75 to 90% of my energy from other people. And so I source those people quite carefully. The people who I choose as my friends, I love them, every one of them for something different. Um, and they are valuable to me. And um, I know that this whole new war against introverts and extroverts is out there on social media about like why it, introvert is this whole cool thing. It's bizarre to me how everybody suddenly is a fucking introvert, but everybody or yeah, everybody's an introvert, but everybody's on the damn internet screaming about it. It's, it's a little bit of an oxymoron, but anyway, um, I know that I need um a lot of love attention affection and outward and and that comes from for for me in terms of seeing my friends spending time with them having conversations quite regularly being involved in their lives I, I pretty much know I have I like to look at my friends in circles and rings right like I have an a group of friends a b group of friends a c group of friends kind of like that and so my a group of friends I can probably tell you like exactly what the hell is going on where they work who there's who lives in their home all you know like really intimate details of what's going on on a regular consistent week-to-week basis b group and it kind of goes out from there and so I get a lot of my energy from being involved with them because I just find it awkward to have these friendships that you don't really even know what the fuck is going on with your friend like if I always have to catch up with my friend I'm kind of like what's are we really fucking friends if we always have to quote unquote catch up? No, um, not so much because we should be caught the fuck up already. I don't want to keep catching up with you. Um, so I know what it is that I need um, in my life 
every single day. But I've been on the other side of that, obviously, as an extrovert being friends with some introverts who um, need the opposite and they need to be able to recharge privately and they need to be able to take time in solitude and say, okay, I'm having a bad day or maybe I'm having a good day. Self-care doesn't have to be the result of something traumatic either, okay? Let's stress that. So self-care can just be like, look, I'm in a really good space right now. I wanna keep this shit going. So when I go home, I'm gonna turn on my music. I'm I'm gonna silence my phone. I'm gonna dance. I'm gonna drink my wine. I'm gonna eat my food. I'm not gonna answer the phone. I'm not gonna do any of this. And I'm gonna just keep this going until it, it... doesn't feel good anymore. So they might be doing this for two weeks at a goddamn time. Meanwhile, here I am ringing their line, trying to get through, and they're like not answering, sending my ass to voicemail. I'm calling again, not answering, sending me the voicemail again. And I'm looking at the phone like, well, fuck, are we even friends? Like, where the fuck are you at? And so, you know, I know that as an extrovert, I have to give introverts the space, right? Um, To self-care the way they need to. (sighs) I don't always see that reciprocated with introverts to extroverts. I see a lot of, oh, you guys are just needy. You, 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 why don't you go and find another friend to talk to while I'm over here? Hashtag self caring in my bathroom. Like, go away. You don't, you know, you just want too much. You, you just, you want to call all the time. You want to do this. And, you know, that's, that's the sweet spot right there is when you enter in these relationships with people is understanding what they need. And I'm not asking for too much. This is who I am. The same way I value what you're not asking too much of and value and honor who the fuck you are. So we have to be responsible and respectful to each other in these spaces and um, really learn who we're talking to. What does this person need? And can I give them that? And if I can't, then maybe I shouldn't be calling this person my friend and having this level of expectation. Because listen, I want to say, as an extrovert, I need this type of stuff. But I am very aware of introverts who will push me to the side for months on end and then be like, we're friends. No, the fuck we're not. Hashtag Ricky Thompson. That's how I feel like, wait, wait. I'm like, oh, girlfriend who? I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't even know you. I will be, I don't, who? Who? I ain't heard from your ass in six months. We are not fucking friends. Now you have weaseled your ass down to the F list. All the me, all the while your ass is at the yoga class. You out chilling. You you know you doing all these things. You are hashtag self caring, but did not pick up my phone call. Now this is where it gets a little rocky, Karen. The friendship has to be evenly distributed. You know what I mean? So you know, are we are we self caring? Or are we being completely selfish um, into what we need? So also, with the are we being completely selfish, are you being honest? What I have come to realize is I am way more emotional than I probably have ever given myself credit for. I am, I'm emotional. Like, I fly off the, the hinge rather quickly for about everything (laughs) and I have to be honest with myself about that and sometimes I take things probably to a level 10 past where they needed to go and if I really just sat in my shit in the moment and said this is how I this is what happened this is how I feel 
and here's how I can uh, take care of myself in the immediate to feel better and to get out of this situation, I might not have needed to do so much more dramatic shit. And that's where the drama of this self-care is coming in is when we just jump over all the easy steps and just go to, I'm blocking everybody. I can't talk to nobody. I got to, I got to, I got to be, I got to be, have peace. That means I have to block everybody. What if people are your peace? Sometimes people come into your space to deliver the peace, right? So are you being honest about what you really need? If you have a deep emotional thing that you need to work on, like you don't understand, um, you have a very low like emotional intelligence, you have issues from your childhood, are you in therapy? Because if you were in therapy, you could probably have start working on relationships and on a consistent basis and, and not being selfish, but being in the middle ground, right? If you're getting that one issue addressed or two issues, three issues, whatever, addressed with the licensed therapist, you could probably still have some really fruitful relationships when you walk out of the therapist's office without feeling like you need to cancel everybody until you figure some shit out on your own, which you might not be able to ever figure out on your own without the use of therapy, okay? Are you in therapy? Now, if you're feeling really self-conscious about your body and you, you know, want to change some things, I know that we're a couple weeks away from January 1. Are you eating healthy? Are you working out? Are you letting all your stress go through regular exercise and activity? Maybe that's all you need. Maybe you need an outlet or release every single day, 60 minutes, two hours, whatever amount of time you have to really push out of that to enable you to get rid of that old energy, make new room for new energy so that you can take care of um, yourself through other avenues instead of shutting yourself out and saying that that's what self-care is for you. Do you just need a hug? Shit. I mean, sometimes, like last week, Honey, my week was fucked up. I was like, one, I think I might have cried at my desk like two or three times last week. I had the most emotional, the most emotional week. It was so emotional. I was triggered by everything. I was, I had some outside stress um, that I couldn't do anything about because it was coming from somebody externally for me. And then um, I had some internal stress that was just kind of like, that that stress that was coming on me externally magnified some other um, suppressed emotion that I felt. So everything was just like erupting. And I had a really, a really bad week. If I probably just had a hug and somebody say, are you okay? Let's talk about it. And I had a vent partner who I could have a little bit of transfer of energy with. I probably could have gotten over that stuff and cried it out by Tuesday. Instead, it lingered until Friday, until I got to the weekend. And then it was gone because I was out of some of that emotion. But I just needed a hug and I didn't have access to that. My child is on the other side of the apartment being a complete asshole this week. So there was no love um, from there. But if I would have just had that, that probably would have solved a lot of issues, right? Um, And then with that said, I, I like to think, look at myself now and say, am I just having a bad day? Is this a bad month? Is this a bad season? Um, I have seasonal depression. It really wrecks havoc on my life from daylight savings time to daylight savings time. It, I mean, it tears me apart. I, like I've mentioned, I'm an extrovert, so I'm already a very social person. I like to be a little butterfly floating around from activity to activity. And so when I leave work and it's dark outside, um, there goes a shot 
like 90% of the chances that I'm going to be doing anything outside now. It's also 40 degrees and below. So there goes the rest of the shot that I was going to be doing anything that required me to kind of be bouncing around. I am miserable, like miserable, like certified need to be on probably some medicine that I've still not made an appointment for, um, for this depression stuff. Um, so I know what my weaknesses are. So I try to be honest about myself with a, what happened, what caused this feeling B, how am I feeling? Am I sad? Am I mad? Am I indifferent? Do I just need to take a breath? Can I just walk away? Can I close my eyes and count to 10? Like what, how am I feeling? And then see what can I do in the immediate? And if this situation requires more, how can I, um, in the long term, make this a better situation for me without feeling like Every single one of those, any stressor that I have means that I have to hashtag self-care block motherfuckers. Hashtag self-care put all of my um, text messages on do not disturb. Hashtag self-care pretend like I don't see invitations coming my way so that I can also this is a very egotistical thing is to know that you're being invited to shit purposely not go purposely ignore the invitation just so people can be like where the fuck are you so you can continuously ignore them that's all ego baby all ego i've learned to check my ego a long time ago and that's really a cry for help that's saying i have something that is going on i need to address it i don't know how to address it so now i'm going to be dramatic as fuck by not showing up to shit not telling you that I'm not showing up, not having any type of couth or tact and not RSVPing and not having any real fucking reason why I'm not coming to your shit just because I just want to be dramatic. So I'm just saying, check yourself. Are you being dramatic AF? Can you just wash your face? Can you get a facial? Can you take yourself out for a really good class of pot, good dish of pasta at RPM? Could you have a really expensive glass of wine? Could you just sit there and watch these little bullshit-ass Disney movies on Disney Plus now? What do you need? And can you find resolve in something very basic without being dramatic AF and segueing your way into I just want to be selfish? Okay? Now, I want to go on record for saying that I do not, I do not feel like... You cannot be selfish ever. There are some of you that are Mr. and Mrs. Popularity and you get invited to everything. People want you everywhere. You're glamorous. You're the life of the party. This is holiday season. You're going to be invited to everything. And some of these things you simply think are whack and you do not want to go to. Fucking don't go. RSVP though. Okay? Don't be tacky. Like I said, the little Carl Lagerfeld quote. Tacky is the last stage, or trendy is the last stage before tacky. Don't be tacky. You can be tacky. Self-care. Hi, Jennifer. I'm unable to make your event. I hope that you have a lovely time. Let's please catch up in January. And then fucking honor that. You know how many times people are like, oh, let's do this, and they don't fucking do it? That's tacky. So if you're going to extend this further invitation to protect your space, your peace and your space right now, you don't want to come to some 
tacky-ass party outside the Beltway, don't go. But if you're also going to offer a solution, follow through with the solution. Because that's the non-selfish part. People want your friendship. That's why they're friends with you. This is not a one-way street. You don't get to be dismissive of people and their time and their effort and their love and support for you in the name of self-care for 365 days a year. It's crazy. You turn into a selfish person. And after a while, people are going to look at you and say, he or she doesn't come to shit. I've called them. They've not answered my phone calls. I've had major life events. They've not been here. I seriously doubt you want to be that person that, you know, has checked out in the name of self-care because you have followed some fucking guidelines off of Instagram, some cute little meme that an emo 19-year-old made up, and now your entire... 22-year friendship is on the rocks because you didn't know how to communicate to your friend that you wanted to hang out or you needed a hug because you were going through a breakup or whatever, right? Whatever your thing is. So me and Amy found this, um, we find it odd because it happens just so much, particularly in the dating space. And, um, I think we have given each other permission to do this, right? So what I just spoke about from this point prior was very general friendship, relationships, parents, coworkers, whatever. But you know, I always have to segue into some type of relationship lover type dating, particularly. I don't know what the hell you married people are doing, but when it comes to dating, it's like, how do we ever, how do we ever get to where we need to be? There's so much tug and, tug and pull between the two sexes because of this selfishness that we've masqueraded as self-care, right? And like I was saying, with the whole Amy thing, with the, with the men feel like they can't, um, they can't do this or can't do that. Because they had their kid over this weekend. Oh, I forgot to call. Or I forgot to do this. Or I forgot to do that. Oh, oh, oh. And it's like we've given each other this permission. And then what happens is we just block them. We ignore them. We play this back and forth. And I'm not suggesting that that doesn't need to be the end result. I've got people on block right the fuck now. But it's a toxic situation that isn't going to get any type of a better, no resolve, no nothing. But I'm saying, can we, in a very open and honest space, learn how to free ourselves, be a communication and say, here's what I'm able to do, what works for you within those spaces. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are the best times that work for me. You've got people out here that are dating and never tell the other person what their their limitations are. Right, and then when the other person pushes their limitations unknowingly, because you know the fuck with what they were, because you didn't communicate them. If the only time that you you if you want to date, if you're a woman who is, I don't know what the hell you do, you've got some type of shift work or something, 
And you're only available to date Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday afternoons. And you never tell the person that you're dating that that is what your limitations are. And you're just like, oh, you know, I want this person to impress me, come up with this date or whatever. And you never really go into detail. This is my limitations, not only because this is my work hour, but because outside of that, I'm I'm generally very tired or I also um, make it a priority to have some type of community service or this, whatever, right? You don't tell people because people are not, you would think that people would be out here being upfront about this base level shit. No, 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 they're not. They're not saying anything, especially women. We don't tell a lot of detail sometimes to test the fuck out of men, right? We don't tell you what our limitations are. We don't tell you we ain't got no goddamn kids. We don't tell you what the hell's going on in the house. We just want you to come out here and throw out all the stops, and then we get to pick and choose what part of the 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 little impression we're going to fall for. But we don't tell people what our limitations are, so we don't even completely communicate. And so... We, we, we're already straight out of the gate causing conflict. And then we're like, oh, he's bothering me. So hashtag self-care. I'm not going to respond to that. No, hashtag you fucking suck. Because you have to communicate. Men do the same thing. And obviously as a woman, I date men. I get this all the time from men. Oh, I'm at work. I'm at work at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 12 p.m., 1 p.m. These motherfuckers work so fucking much. And I'm like... We all got these jobs, okay? We all have jobs. Some of us have two jobs. If you roll in the fact that we got kids at home, that's a whole damn another full-time job. So this whole I have a kid thing, I mean, I have a job thing, doesn't really fucking fly. Going back to what I was saying with the, with the article that I wrote. Like, these are base-level things. But we hear this so much in the dating world. Oh, I had this. Oh, I had that. There's a, a, a young lady who has a very um, uh, popular... Um, dating group on Facebook. She lots of times posts her 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 stuff on there. She just posted somebody was like, "Oh, I had an emergency. Um, sorry," but they the guy told her like four days later. Like, <laughs> wait a minute, guy. Like, you know, we have to respect each other's time, and we can't just say, "Oh, I had an emergency. I had to deal with this. I had this. I had this going on. I had this going on." Respect each other, right? We absolutely have to respect each other. And that's really the, the, the consensus of this is I, I think that everybody needs self-care. We are living in Donald Trump's America. Shit is fucking rocky over here. People are not getting paid what they are worth. People are stressed the fuck out. If you live in a major metropolitan city, your ass is working more hours than you need to just in the commute alone. You're probably not getting paid what the hell uh, you went to school for. And they came out with a degree saying, this is how much you're going to get paid. No, the fuck you not. You over here trying to rob Peter to pay Paul. You are tired. I get it. I get it. Self-care. I'm sitting in here right now drinking wine every fucking night. Bought myself a fancy Nespresso. That was my self-care. I get it. I'm an advocate for self-care. What I'm not an advocate for and what I really want to drill home here is riding that line and being completely selfish to the obligations and relationships that you have set up. We have an obligation to each other. It's not going to get easier if we're living in this space, in this world, in this time, in this day and age with everything that's fucking difficult out here. And we're making it harder for ourselves by blocking off the way people can pour into us. We're blocking off the love. We're blocking off the opportunity. We're blocking off all these other things because we want to be so self-absorbed and self-caring. Yeah. 
Go get your facial and then fucking come back to the real world. Go get your massage. Come back to the real world. Take your week off. Take your fucking vacation and then come back and pour back into the people who poured into you. That's all I'm saying, guys. So um, I'm looking to have some guests on here. I think I have some people lined up, some more topics that are not my normal forte. Um, so the next couple of weeks, the last few episodes of the year are going to be you know, really cool for me because this is year one. And then 2020, um, looking into traveling a little bit more for these episodes. So an array of folks that are going to be jumping onto the podcast because I know you guys are probably like fucking tired of listening to me. So, um, yeah, look out for a lot of that. Um, I will be back next Tuesday. Until then, guys, have an amazing week. Be productive. Set your goals. Hit every single one of them. Wash your face. Hashtag self-care. Hashtag love each other. Bye. All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 30. Can you believe it? 30 whole episodes as 30 weeks of continuous content. Maybe I skipped a week here or there for self-care, but my ass got right back on board. So ha, there's that hashtag goals. Um, what is this week? Is this the last week of November? I don't really know, but enjoy this following week that is upon us and I will be back. Remember, in order for this podcast to continue to grow, I need your love and support that comes in the form of a share, that comes in some posts, a little chit chat and a rate and subscribe all on whatever platform you are electing to listen to this on. Thank you guys so much for your continuous listening. See you guys next week.